Welcome, 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 welcome back, everybody. My name is Frank Johnson. I'm Pat Thompson. We're here with you. So excited to be here. Hey, Frank. What's going on, Pat? Long time. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> How long has it actually been? It's been, I don't even know. It's been a while, but it's sure good to be back in podcast land with yes, you indeed. and with our friends. Yes. From yes. the big dub C. <laughs> right? right? Yes, indeed. We, uh, it's, it's very interesting to kind of come back into a time. I feel like this was the calling, right? You know, yeah. we've had a few years off and yeah. now, now, now the world is in shambles. <laughs> so it's we, about to go it's, down. It's about to right? go down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. And, uh, today we have a very, very, very special guest uh, with us. We have Christian Tatua with us today. Hello, Christian. What's up, y'all? How are you guys doing? Uh, doing good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> We're uh, honored, excited that you're here with us, Christian. Christian is an Evergreen graduate, mm-hmm. Evergreen High School. Yep. He moved to the neighborhood back in 2005, which would make him the sweet age of 14 so sweet. years old. And he's currently teaching um, eighth grade English at Cascade Middle School. So yeah, Christian, you know, you know, Frank and I were talking about you and talking about our time with you today. And I just really wondered, uh, one, why did you go into teaching? And then two, the big question is why middle school? <laughs> teaching and middle school. Oh man, I actually... Uh, I don't know if y'all believe this. I always, people always tell me, oh my gosh, middle school, you teach middle school. <laughs> it's like, uh, the hardest age to teach. Yeah. Um, but for me, they're actually like the best. Yeah. They're the funnest. Yeah. Like uh, folks are like, oh, it's the worst of both. Not to me, it's the best of both yeah, worlds. Um, you can have, uh, in depth relationships and conversations like you would in the high school. Mm-hmm. And then you also don't have to deal with the, I mean, I don't think high school kids are complacent as a whole, mm. but there's like a, a little bit of like figuring out the individuality that kind of mm-hmm. shuts off sometimes everyone else and and else is going around. really very like, um, can be complacent sometimes. Gotcha. So, uh, I love middle school teaching. Um, I, I don't know if I, I think I told you this before, Pat, but, um, teaching, I think I've felt drawn to that uh, career choice, mm-hmm. but really it was working in White Center. That's kind of the foundation for me. For sure. And I thought that probably the skills that were leveraged most were um, was the ability to, to communicate, to teach, mm-hmm. to, to write, to read, to explore. Um, and that didn't really become a reality for me until after, you know, I, I did come from Hawaii. Um, in 2005, my family has been here for much longer in Washington state. And so we joined our extended family a while ago and much of my foundational experiences, like most of them, um, happened in, um, white center, probably the most, my, my biggest accomplishments and most tragic moments, um, my most humorous times and also, um, my most humiliating times mm-hmm. probably happened here in White Center in this community, this diverse community. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot that I think when I was in education, um, I realized it was an opportunity that most of us don't know is real until we get there. For sure. And that's that's kind of at the crux, you know, to say for a longer answer. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. that's the crux of why I became a teacher. Nice. Sure. Do you think, yeah. you know, the shambles of what life is in now? Has your inspiration to be a teacher that when it when you first wanted to become 
has that changed or like or not changed but has the you know your direction in terms of how you want of how you want to be a teacher where what does that look like for you uh because of covid or since covid uh since covid not since since covid yeah yeah since covid well i'm gonna tell you right now covid has made me not (laughs) like inspired at all um because i i remember Mm -hmm. um two years ago Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was two or three. No, I think it was two years ago. Two years ago, I walked out of the parking lot of Cascade. Yeah. And um, as I'm walking through the 200 building, that's mm-hmm. the two. Yeah, the 200 building. Um, there are loads of kids yeah. who are like, "Bye, Mr. Tattoo. Hey, where are you going, Mr. Tattoo? What's up, Mr. Tattoo? You want to fight? Like, you know?" And they're yeah. just joking, but they're like, <laughs> you know, yeah. And I walk out, and I'm like happy, and it's a spring day. Mm-hmm. I open the door, sun shining. Uh, I fresh walk- pot of coffee made. <laughs> well, this is at after after school, oh, gotcha. which is your most drained time. Mm-hmm. And I walk across the lot, and um, the kids from the field, my former students, mm-hmm. who are now in their track season, are like, Mr. Tattoo, hey yo, come throw this javelin with me, Mr. Tattoo, hey yo, Mr. Tattoo. <laughs> All the kids in the high school who aren't doing sports, who are walking to the cars, who are just chilling in the parking lot, yeah. or at the weight room, they're like, Mr. Tattoo, Mr. Tattoo, <laughs> hey yo, are you going to lift today, Mr. Yeah. Tattoo? You know, and I'm like, this, this is what... That's so sweet. And I catch Lena. Yeah. As she's driving in, and I like express this like... Lena's my sister. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I, I express this like deep sense of belonging that i you know there's there's an affirmation there that yeah that i and i i don't there's there's none of that right now yeah um i will say uh for my own teaching practice yeah this is not this has nothing to do with covid really yeah Yeah. but um i did reread a book called pedagogy of the oppressed um by paulo frede if you are an educator listening i think the only way to be um, a not like an anti-racist mm-hmm. educator mm-hmm. is to have the philosophy of what it means to uh, to explore the dynamics between oppressor and oppressed. Mm. And then I'm currently reading um, another book called Pedagogy of Hope, which is just a follow-up, but yeah. it's pretty dope. And they're both by Paulo Freire. Huh. And I'm I think like, and this kind of relates to why I became a teacher, which is why it spoke to me. I read it since quarantine yeah. because I had a lot of extra time in huh. the spring, and I'm not coaching right mm. now. Right. So like. People are like, wow, you're doing so much work. I was like... That's right. And, and you coach wrestling. You coach wrestling, right? <laughs> yes, coach wrestling. You're so also like, wrestling coach, everybody. So at the high school. At the high school, yeah. So I coach at the high school and I teach at the middle school. And what folks don't realize is like, folks right now, because of the union stuff, like, oh, you work so hard. You do so much work. This this is like kind of scratching the surface of what wrestling season looks like. Mm. Wrestling, I never get home before six. Mm-hmm. Sometimes have a meeting for union from like I'm like missed part of it, so I like from four to whenever that ends seven. Yeah. Uh, so I have like my other coach take practice on those days, and if there's a match, which happens usually twice a week, and then there's a tournament on Saturday. Every Saturday, I am up from five to midnight, like literally picking up the van to drive the kids, or you know getting everybody on, on the a bus. tournament day. On a tournament day, that's Saturday, and then um, on the. The two matches in the week, like Tuesday, Thursday, that, that kind of thing. Uh, we're driving to like Eatonville, to like White River, Oregon, right? <laughs> we're driving all the way out there. So I won't get back until 11 or 12. Wow. Um, and that's – so like this is like I had extra time so yeah. I can do professional development. <laughs> and so there is – somebody was asking me, my guys, because I'm doing my evaluation right now. Somebody was asking me like what, what are you trying to work on? And like 
when I went to college, opportunity wasn't real to yeah. me. And like why anything was related to me mm-hmm. made no sense. Yeah. And this place is completely white. My culture not affirmed. Mm. You yeah. know, that's Bellingham. That, yep. I went to Western, <laughs> Western Washington University. For sure. And uh, but then when I started to like go different places, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, TFA, a lot of my friends are on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So I've spent some time in New York. Nice. I've spent some time in D.C., um, I went back to Hawaii to teach oh, for two right. years. Oh, I didn't even know and that. I you, totally forgot that. There are certain things that you just don't realize. Like everyone's story is related to yours. Yes. Like, but in some ways it's not. And to, and in terms of education for our kids, how do I get our kids to understand? Like, you don't get it. Like your material conditions are very different than the kids I went to school with. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're thinking, oh, yeah, we're poor and, like, you know, we're from a low-income neighborhood. Nah, you don't know. No. <laughs> you don't know. Because when I went to Western, mm-hmm. it's like folks were talking about being low-income and, like, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a college student. I, like, I'm getting by on my top ramen diet. I was like, bro, that's my diet growing right. up. Right. And if there was no top ramen, you right. didn't eat. Well, I, right. you know. Confess, like I would steal sandwiches from Safeway. No, yeah. you know, like that. Like if That's there was, up. yeah, and that was like that. Like Uncle Meckle would make food like twice a week, three times a week, mm-hmm. and if it's the first of the month, then you know we eating good for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know if there's it, there's not a lot enough food to be making that big a pot. There, when I grew up, there was twenty eight people in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about intergenerational households, you know, yeah. we you know, and you a lot a of poly village. families, no, yeah. And so um, you don't realize the stark reality. Like you think you're poor and you think everybody else is poor. You think a lot of people are poor or you think a lot of people have your situation. Then you go to Bellingham and you realize like they don't listen to the same music you do. What's normal for you is not normal for them. Your whole lived experience is very different from those folks. And so the way that they approach education, when they talk about American history, when they talk when we talk about any type of, any type of like, the way we do math, the way we do science, the way we do anything, it's in that frame of lens. So Freire suggests, right, that you have to come at it from the culture of the students oh, and help them that. recognize like the actual positionality they have. And I and I'm starting to believe in my own like the purpose of education isn't to get a job. Um, but like it's it's for us to clarify our relationship to the world so that you know we have the power to Use it, manipulate it, serve it, cultivate it um, the best way we can. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, like that. I am so glad we got Christian on this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, I feel that this has been something a long, long time coming, even though we didn't know it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, that's very interesting that, that you make that comment because uh, uh, I, I also feel that way, like, you know, coming from, you know, coming from White Center, also living in the Central District. You know, you know, knowing that there are other people going through other things than me, but why is it different? How does it affect me? Does it affect me? Does it need to affect me? And how does that affect my learning in school? Have you had any in, like interactions with, you know, with kids where, you know, because now they're stuck at home, you know, yeah. and they're stuck at home or they're, you know, they can't be around the um, they can't be around the friends. They can't make those connections that you know that you as a teacher you create that bridge for. Yeah. Um, and how has that been? You know, just connecting with the kids on 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 a level like on that level. Um, so 
so last year, I'm just going to be honest. Last year was like the worst teaching year of my life. Like yeah. the kids, you know, and I'm not going to blame the students. A lot of folks would be like, the kids just, you know, like it, it I know I, when I see that, I, like, here, here's an example. Yeah. One of my kids, <laughs> mm-hmm. his dad comes in. When I tell people I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. I always know where they're from based on how they react to me. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a thing. I never really thought of it as that great of an accomplishment, to be honest, just generally. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I got a job just like everybody told me to. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my kids, right, he just, he cusses me out, walks out the room, oh, right? Yes. All the time, all the time. Now, the thing is, me and this kid have a good relationship. Yeah. We have had so many heart-to-hearts outside where we're both in tears. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just when encountering with a problem, like, it's just, there's a lot of emotional stuff there. I can't solve poverty. Yeah. Not not in this, you know, there's other things I'm trying to do outside. Yeah. (laughs) In this classroom, this is not how, uh, you know, his dad comes in and, uh, and, you know, talks to me like I'm like a teacher, Mm -hmm. but then he's like... But you look familiar. Are you are you from around here? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, actually, I graduated Evergreen. It was like, do you know this person? Do oh yeah, I know this person. This person, bro. You became a teacher, bro. You made it, bro. You made it. I am so proud of you. This is just some like some guy from our neighborhood. Right. You know, if I tell my friends, right, <laughs> like at college, oh, I yeah. became a teacher. They're like, oh. <laughs> good for you uh-huh. bless your soul mm-hmm. for him it was like you he literally socially mo- like there was social mobility there yeah. Yeah. you took care of your family mm-hmm. you're taking care of our community right. you're taking care of my kid right. and um and that's interesting yeah it's it's just a very it's different sweet dynamic and it's sad mm-hmm. yes it is right? yeah it's I mean, both- it's really sweet and it's true you know but it's also yeah, sad. But last so last year was the worst year I had teaching because I had kids like my student who would, and there was not just one. It was yeah. like a few, um, and some of our best teachers, man, including myself. You know, I, I'm not leaving. We were all thinking like, oh, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to leave, or I'm going to take an extended absence right. or something. Yeah. And then one of the teachers, um, one of my good friends. She said, like, she's my favorite teacher. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's really been hard. Uh, She said, um, we need to loop with these kids. We need to go up, like, Mm -hmm. and and go to eighth grade with these kids. And I was like, are you seriously asking me to do this again? And she said, I'm not going. I I will stay if you come and we are in the same academy together. Now, I I wasn't mad, but I was, like, kind of, like... Oh my God! Like really, I got put in this situation. You gonna make me? And then it became the best choice that I could have oh. made because going into eighth grade year, you're saying, "How do I connect with my students?" Right? You've already well, connected with them. Yeah, I already yeah. know them, so I can actually call them out behind the screen and be like, "Bro, I have your mom on <laughs> on my phone, speed dial. Like, if you don't come to yeah. this screen in two minutes, uh, or not even two minutes, at twenty seconds, I'm counting down. I'm call- you know, and it's not like that for Dude, real. For real, if they said. But if anybody said I got your dad's number on speed dial, you know I'm, they could have got me to do anything. Shoot. No, yeah, and it's really you know it's it's much more, yeah, it's it's much more potent when you have relationship with students, their families, and their networks. Like even if they wanted, like I used to, you know, kids would go to the boys and girls club when we were open, and I was like, you know, I will make. Right. I will make somebody pull you to decide. You will not be able to play basketball until you finish this assignment. Do you want that? Ooh. All right, do it right now. You know, like, so. Do you, do you think it's been easier to connect with uh, to connect with parents 
the, the students oh, are no. like a lot harder. No, because we we have to communicate with families like like each advisory fa- like twenty families, twenty five families, um, once every two weeks, which doesn't sound like a lot, but on top of teaching, and then you know I have all these. Unions. What does that look like? What do they mean you need to? Connect oh with man, them? so like like is it a phone call? It's actually is it an email? contractually. It, it can be all of those. Yeah. Contractually, it's actually with the student, um, and I could have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure contractually it's supposed to be one-on-one with the student, so make sure you connect with the student. Wow. Um, but most admin highly encourage you connect with the family, mm-hmm. um, and that becomes very difficult because I have never had a five-minute conversation with a family member. They, you know, like when I – there's one – there are a couple parents. I was like thinking, no, every parent I call, mm-hmm. um, I – I, I like switch hats to like a counselor hat almost sometimes. Oh. Yeah. It's like uh, one parent I called had like deep anxiety mm. and was like, my kids, you need to talk to them about like not mm. leaving the house. They, they keep leaving the house. And like that was beginning COVID times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I'm like scared. And like my son keeps watching the news and he's scared and, and call, talk to the kid. Like, I'm fine. My mom's just really anxious. Mm-hmm. She's like, and you know, what's supposed to be a five minute check in turned to like, right. Almost every check in was like at least That's 20 minutes hour, to right. an hour. Yeah. Uh, if they need services, like how, like how do I get connected with food? How do I get connected with this? Mm-hmm. Like with the COVID, COVID yeah, relief, sure. which has been less a, an issue lately, but you know, that or beginning like, parts was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a struggle. it's, it's a lot, you know, um, it's a lot. So I I have connection with my kids, mm-hmm. but it's not it's 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 like leftover connection from last from you know from last year. Where does that where does that where does that lead into for <clears throat> for the rest of the year? Um like even in the sense of just reopening like the uh, what is the best scenario, you know? For like reopening, reopening. Yeah, how are you feeling about that? Okay, so let me let me let me ask you a question. Let me let me ask you both just real quick before we get into this topic. Uh, What uh, are your nieces and nephews going to return in person, hybrid? Um, yeah, I don't know what they've decided. I don't know what my niece has decided. I think like the big thing is everybody feels super like wound up about it, emotionally invested in in the subject. And for teachers, <clears throat> there's a heightened sense of safety yeah. issue. Yeah. So everyone's really like, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, because one of my roles, I know that I've told you both, I'm part of the executive board for Highline Education Association, which is the teachers union mm-hmm. for the Highline School District. Nice. Um, and there's a lot of stuff there. So we were originally slated to go back March 1st. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, man, I don't know how much, I think, yeah, so, uh, originally, I think I came in thinking, from my personal viewpoint, mm-hmm. I'm not going back till vaccination. Yeah. Right. Nobody's going back right. till vaccination. For sure. Um, and then, you know, that became an easier fight until the CDC said, teachers don't need vaccinations. You don't have to have. And now, uh, now I don't, <laughs> now I'm still, <laughs> what is this? What is I'm still willing to kick this can down the road, right. you know, mm-hmm. but bargaining wise, it makes it really difficult. It mm-hmm. makes it like, so that some, like, so that Susan can file or like have the board motion to mm-hmm. approve that they can file for an injunction, mm-hmm. like that kind of a thing, you know, we don't know how it would stand up in court because CDC, DOH say it's totally fine. Now, they only say it's totally fine for elementary age kids. Um, Now, this is the most work I've had. Because the thing is, 
there were f- like there's four different like there's a K to one K to twelve decision tree. Mm-hmm. There is the guidance for reopening. Mm-hmm. There is the um, LLI uh, labor management. I don't know whatever mm-hmm. uh, institute like uh, guidelines you got to go over as well for um, for workplace environment. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, the the you got to keep your eye on the 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 data dashboard for King County. And then those things have links to other decision-making metrics. And then Highline uses those to create their guidebook. And I got to review all of those, right? And I don't have to kind of. (laughs) Kind of. The board? Now, the thing about a board, I am super inexperienced with this, right? This is my second year. Three-fourths of my year has been COVID, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And... You know, that's not an excuse. If anything, it's me holding myself accountable yeah. to my inexperience. Like, mm-hmm. I realized, not late, but I realized, like, in order for me to be an advocate, mm-hmm. I need to poke as many holes through every safety plan as I can. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm able to poke a hole through a safety plan yeah. after reading this for a week, yeah. then then we do have to go through back to the drawing board. For sure. And so we sent this back. We, we There was, like, some issues and... Um, we all brought up the things that would make teachers feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was told that like a month would be very hard to bargain for. Okay. Um, and so we recommended um, March 8th to the general membership. Um, the general membership voted down the March 8th date. Okay. Um, and... It's really hard to say, be, like, it, what, what's really hard to, could, like, show mm-hmm. is that the membership itself doesn't know what actions to take, and it's very, like, divided, generally. Gotcha. Because the folks who are most impacted, I'll just say this, like, March 8th, we, we um, they voted it down. We talked again, the, the bargaining went back to the table, and... They came back with a March 11th start date, okay. given that all the safety plans are fixed yeah. and the individual accommodations were taken care of. Okay. And then uh, a few teachers amended the motion to uh, push it to April 19th. Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. Are you, like, when you say members, does that mean teachers? What's the teachers? So, the, so all teachers are members. Yeah, so sorry. That, all that, the teachers of the Highland School District are members of the HEA. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. I'm assuming they have to be if you want to be. A yes, kind of. I mean, not all teachers, especially. There's a recent decision that was like you don't have to be a part of the union, mm-hmm. so that happened. But most teachers, like, because they right. support yeah. your rights, they support your bargaining. Yeah. All your gains come from that yeah. um, body. Um, so we had a Q and A with the elementary teachers before the vote, and they were very split. Um, it was very almost even most of the things except for like two parts of the plan that they were like, nah. <clears throat> um, but the general semblance of the plan passed maybe like 52%. Like mm-hmm. it was – or maybe it was 60. I don't know. But it wasn't like a large majority but it was like um, March 8th came and the, the they did not accept the March 8th date. March – they we went back to the bargaining table and they said March 11th. Um, and we – Is the thinking that – the, that gives teachers more time to find vaccination sites. Is that the thinking? It's, it gives it more time for individuals who aren't comfortable coming in to get their ro- remote assignments placed oh. for them to find somebody to replace them, kind of, mm. so that they can get remote assignment. And then um, for uh, the safety plans that they that we found dissatisfactory yeah. mm. or unsatisfactory to be fixed, the areas specifically. Got it. Um, 
so wiggle room to kind of fix everything in a sense. Yeah, and uh, a lot of members uh, amended that motion for March 11th mm-hmm. to be April 19th. You know, but the big thing is like we're starting to wonder if the folks who we're hearing from are the folks who are most impacted by the decision. The K to one folks who are actually scheduled to come in, because we're realizing that a lot of the folks who are speaking up um, are folks who receive their accommodation, or folks who are not necessarily returning to in person secondary, right? Like yeah. high school, middle school. Got it. And is that the case? I'm not too sure. But a lot of folks spoke huh. up the, our last meeting and said, "Hey, these like out of all the people, like it was like 90 percent of people who are slated to go back." willing to go back and i and this is where it gets complicated if one if one teacher doesn't want to go back mm-hmm. th- does the union stand in solidarity or do we find uh, a solution for that individual but but the like but there's doesn't seem to be any guarantee like i'm like trying to like the leadership needs to like speak to that concern yeah. because do we stand in solidarity for that one person? I think we do. Yeah. Do we m- make it so that 45% of our students of color who want to return don't return? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Everybody's getting really like, oh, I distrust the leadership. I distrust Susan. I distrust everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting up there like, I distrust all of you <laughs> because the truth is right at my, in my house, mm-hmm. We're an intergenerational household. The yeah. families that you're talking about, that you speak on behalf of, because yeah. I like, I swear to God, if I see one more white person speak up, if I, I can take it from a BIPOC person, yeah, especially my women of color colleagues, mm-hmm. who you know, like who is whose voices aren't always the the like front and get center. get to be the front yeah. and center. They say to me that this is racist. Like, let's talk about it. Yeah, I'll take that from you. A lot of my white colleagues are like trying to name equity mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. <laughs> It's like <laughs> I am sitting at a table where two aunties are agreeing to disagree mm-hmm. because they don't want you or want you to send your kid to school because that's how our families work. I'm sitting in a household where if I were to be an elementary teacher, mm-hmm. I would definitely not go back. And if somebody made me go back, then I would I would because I have uncle I have three immunocompromised people in right, my household. Right. And my niece there are sometimes weeks where she doesn't go to school because she's being juggled between three or four hands. That is an extended family household. Ooh. We all. My sister has two jobs. She's Ooh. the primary person who gets her logged in. She's not coming home. She forgot to call somebody, or she did call somebody, but they didn't wake up. Or and you know she's at her dad's house today, so she left her work packet at the house. And when I get home after a Monday or a Thursday, when I had a meeting, Ooh. I am simultaneously. Doing her homework with her. So, like, tell me about equity, right? Tell me about the situations your families are going through. The one thing that, like, me and Aaron butt on this all the time. I'm like, but it's hybrid, bro. Two hours? Like, is it really, are they really getting served? Can we can we just wait till vaccination? Aaron yeah. Garcia. Aaron yeah. Garcia, our school board um, director, position one. And the one thing he hits me with, which Who's I also still your good friend, <coughs> really great friend. Uh, what up, Aaron? We, we yeah, what's up, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, union endorsed uh, him too. Hey, I want to speak to that too. Right, of like course. he uh, he, you know, he was the only member to vote against the injunction. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm looking at that board, and I'm like, y'all, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I, 
I understand that this whole meeting is a mess. Like, like what we're trying to figure our stuff out. But you don't like this is like taking your your brother to court or your mom to court. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't want it to be messy like that. Yeah. No, like no, don't no, don't no. don't bring you know, <laughs> like. And I think Aaron is kind of in this. Like I, I don't want it. Like it's gonna be like more. And I'm looking at all the rest of the board folks, and I'm like, wow. Hmm. Like I'm not. I don't. I do believe. I'm wonder. I'm moving towards hoping that we go in person. Yeah. I want all my teachers to be vaccinated, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I am moving to making a compromise on that deal. But y'all want to take us to court? Right. Mm-hmm. I remember this election season, mm-hmm. and I'm you know, and we you know, folks are talking about running. Yeah. Um, but that's a side note. Aaron always hits me when I tell him that. He always hits me. But but where are the families in these discussions? Yeah. Where are the students in these discussions? Because some teachers are like, oh, I asked my kids, but that's not the same. That's not the same as actually asking. Right. Because I am, kids. you know, I'm telling you, like, and I, I'm not a voice for White Center, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm asking you, you know, you're like, yeah. oh, my family's on the fence. You're saying my family's on the fence, too. We all are in the situation. Yeah. And yeah. it breaks down to two things. Yeah. It's does, can, can, uh, should a teacher be disciplined for not feeling safe and not coming back, mm-hmm. especially after 500,000 deaths, half a mil, and... Should the student, the forty five percent of especially brown families mm-hmm. who want to return intergenerational like my like my household, should they be able to send their their kids mm. in? And yeah. um, there is no right answer there. So I want I want everybody no easy to just like sure. no easy answers because yeah. everybody in White Center who talks to me about it. They're so nice. Yeah, they're so like they're like <laughs> I think we should go in person or you know yeah. and, and I support my teachers mm-hmm. right. Um, there's a lot of parents who are like that. Yeah. Um, actually, I imagined to have more f- pushback than we did because we do have a lot of pushback. Teachers yeah. are lazy, this and that. But, um, but it, like, it's not like I don't think. I think may, maybe my impression is wrong. I don't think we're seeing a lot of that. Yeah. We're actually seeing a lot of support. Um, so yeah. Okay. Oh, Gosh, thanks for that, Christian. I feel. I feel like I know just a little bit more. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, and one thing I like how, you know, when you're talking about Aaron, you know, you know, that's the big question. Where are the kids? Where are the families in these discussions? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, yes, the, you know, the teachers are being affected by it. But at the end of the day, these kids still need to be taught. These families still have jobs. And, you know, and, and for a lot of us, a lot of us, we're only thinking about our families specifically, uh, for the people who are considered essential workers, mm-hmm. you know, if you're an essential worker and you have children, multiple kids for many, especially for many families in white center, you are now going to have to find somebody who is considered an essential worker you know because you can't you can't take care of your kids and go to work you know know i'm saying those are those are things that are important so yeah of course we would want our kids to go to school but also at the same time it's very difficult to we can't we can't literally put ourselves in those shoes you know i'm saying Of, of a family that is struggling to support their family and and where they can't be supported and not can't be but where they're not where they can't have a place to the cinder children during the day, you know, like, yeah, yeah. it's that's a very not easy. It's not, it's yeah. not, it's not, it's not easy, and uh, 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 that's a very big fact in terms of you know how would we even start that conversation with families? Do families even want to be in that conversation? Yeah, I think like honestly, 
and when I speak about folks, uh, like I am, I'm not frustrated with my membership. Mm. Um, I'm frustrated with um, how we're all communicating. And honestly, if I'm going to be really, really honest, uh, it, it, it is leadership's fault. Like, I, I hate that. I hate always hearing, like, leadership should have done this, leadership. Well, if you I weren't mean... talking so much, <laughs> maybe we would have heard. But at the same time, like, we could have made it so that we heard from the teachers most impacted. And I never really, and we could, and honestly, if I'm going to be real, we could have made it so that we heard from the families, you know? I mean, just because right. I, and, right. and like leadership is claiming that like most of the elementary folks want to get back and we're hearing that now, right. but like, I didn't hear that. Right. <laughs> right. Like I heard, wait till vaccination, yeah, you know? And, and I'm talking like, I didn't hear that from, and I understand like, folks have the direct like you should always feel like you can directly approach your president mm -hmm. um but i'm i'm down to organize you know so it's been really interesting i just i i think big big thing is i learned how to be better on the board and and it's not the membership's fault and it's not family's faults and um i'm hesitant to blame anybody right. including the it's district mm -hmm. um, fair. but we you know we need to we need step to up, we need to step it up we need to somehow do it so that everyone an equitable solution is one that everyone yeah. i think receives what they need you mm -hmm. know so we have to come up with equitable solutions so that everyone gets what they need not just um a one size yeah. not just a one size that doesn't fit all solution well thanks christian i think we're um we should probably start winding down yeah, here. yeah for sure. I, have a, I have one more question um what's the most meaningful thing that you've learned in the last 12 months yeah yeah i have that answer straight off the top of my head <laughs> I, I know exactly it what it me. is uh i think in a in a political way in a in a education way and in a um just just general theological way too yeah. you know and like i think relationship <clears throat> is is the key thing and like I, you know, we say that as teachers, we're like, oh, you need to have good relationships. But honestly, like, you know, um, y you're always, I think there's, there's this sense that we call folks in, right? Mm -hmm. um, to avoid, like, especially in Christian religion, to avoid savior complex a lot of the time. Instead of going out, you know, you call folks in. And mm -hmm. it's, and that's theological too, you know, yeah. calling folks in. Um, and it doesn't have to be just specifically Christian. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the most you can do. Um, and not everyone has the privilege of being able to have the capacity mm -hmm. to handle relationship with right. folks. Yeah. Right. I'm never like, I don't want to say that because honestly, some that's of my lot. friends, <laughs> that's my responsibility and I will bear that. But yeah, I, I agree. will bear that cross on behalf of the folks that I know have been there for me since day one mm -hmm. and yet have done and said and continue to do problematic things. Probably similar to a lot of us. Yeah. That's all. And, and But then the only way to do that is through relationship. Through to solve those individual issues. Mm -hmm. To solve my own issues. Ooh. And to solve the issues of our community and our world. Say that then. To me, it's 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 all relational. So that we have to call really folks. Good. Relationship. I like That's that. Good. Thank you. Wow. All this to get to that. Oh, I like that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the golden point of relationships. And that's really what the cornerstone of what everything is i like it i like it a lot thank you christian awesome. thank, thank you so you. much christian thanks for Good having love. me guys appreciate you no worries man uh yeah. i'm sure we're gonna have you back 
Yeah, and I I'll just, be. I just think that. Yeah, I'll be in the background too. I'll be around. <laughs> I got you. Making noise inside White Center. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be uh, we'll be back up here mm-hmm. soon. Yep. We'll let you know. A couple weeks. <laughs> let you guys know. Thanks for listening.